this is Patrick Barb. I am a writer of weird, strange, and spooky stories, uh, many of which are collected in my debut short story collection, Pre-Approved for Haunting from Key Light Books, which came out on September 26, 2023. Uh, also of interest to folks listening to this podcast, I'd imagine I am the editor of the forthcoming And One Day We Will Die Strange Stories Inspired by the Music of Neutral Milk Hotel Anthology, uh, which will be coming out uh, next year from Hungry Shadow Press. Uh, today I'm reading a story from my collection, pre-approved for, for Haunting. Uh, this story is called The Crack in the Ceiling. At the end of every week, our town hangs burning bodies from the ceiling, so we'll remember what stars looked like. Born after the ceiling descended, and cut us off from outer space. My sister Callie's never seen the sun, the moon, or real stars. For her, the immolation of friends, neighbors, and family is the closest she gets to the cosmos. Immolation. It's a sacrifice with fire. Callie's got one eyebrow cocked, and her left foot taps against the pie-crust flaky dirt on the kitchen floor like somehow I'm keeping her from something important. Like she's not the one who ran upstairs with a torn scrap of word-a-day calendar asking, what's this mean? Before I even said good morning. I deliver some noogies across her straw-pale strands of blonde hair. She slaps her hand across mine, not interested in big brotherly teasing. What makes our stars M M O immolations? Yeah, I mean... We only use people who are already dead. How's that a sacrifice? I don't mention how neighborhood watches gather bodies to meet town council quotas, making sure there's enough stars to provide a light show that makes everyone ooh and ah on the ground, even as we ignore the barbecue-scented ashes falling like dirty snowflakes onto our heads. Go get ready so we can snag a good spot, all right, girl? Sure thing, boy. She sticks her tongue out and gives me her best smile, showing yellow and brown speckled teeth like bird's eggs. I can see both mom and dad in her face. Our parents didn't wait for natural causes or a neighborhood watch patrol. I guess they volunteered themselves, considering they snuck off into the garage one night while Callie and I were sleeping. Exhaust spilled out like a breath held too long in cold weather when our neighbors pried open the garage door. Don't look at him, boy. I remember somebody saying. But no one stopped me from looking when they hauled up Mom and Dad and flames gnawed through clothes, skin, muscles, and bones. When Mom's harness snapped and her cigarette ash remains crashed to the ground, I kissed Callie's forehead to distract her. Mom's a falling star, Callie. Make a wish. My sister waits on our porch, pacing on bare feet. She never wears shoes or sandals. Her soles must be hard as rocks and I hope they are for her sake. Otherwise, she'll catch a splinter in her heel or worse one of these days. Come on! Grabbing my hand, Callie launches herself off the porch. For a moment, she's flying. I step down quickly so her arm doesn't get pulled from its socket. Mr. Donaldson, wearing pressed khakis and a short-sleeved navy blue collared shirt, waits for us on the ruined sidewalk. He holds a clipboard between his hands, metallic clasp covering up the Grove Street neighborhood watch logo above his pocket. He's always looking down. A guy like Donaldson, with his bald head and lips that droop like a wormy pink mustache, isn't interested in looking at the ceiling. I walk up with my head held high. 
Evening, Mr. Donaldson. What can I do for you? Callie hangs back, teetering on a chunk of cracked cement. I snap my fingers to get her attention and point down the block. Run ahead. Save me a spot for the stars. She wants to argue, but she can tell by the look I'm giving her that it's not the time. Go on without arguing and I'll break out those last three months of the word-a-day calendar I'm sitting on. Promise? Cross my heart. I do it so she knows I'm serious. Callie takes off down the block. No, goodbye, or I love you. No hugs or kisses. Soon she's at the corner play-fighting with the O'Reilly boys. Donaldson clears his throat and I finally give him my attention. Our neighborhood's up, Devin. We thought Miss Bansford would pass, but the old girl's hanging on. We had the morning drawing and your name got selected. It's not worth fighting, but I try. What about Callie? She'll be alone in... Neighborhood will look out for her until she's 18. She won't be our first star child. I hate the term. Have since mom and dad became stars, leaving us on our own. What happens after? Donaldson shrugs. Alabaster skin peeks through his collar. She can stay in town or she can go someplace else. They didn't put more walls down. We're the ones who do that. This is what it's like to become a star. I'm burning. Flames hover over my head like a halo. That's before they pull me up to the ceiling. Inside my charbroiled skin, blood boils. I should be dead. Donaldson gave me pills, promised they'd do the job. He watched me to make sure I swallowed them. Now I'm wondering why I'm still awake and aware, pressed up against the ceiling. I can see everybody from town down below. They point at me and the other stars like we mean something. My eyes pop like marshmallows microwaved too long. Gooey remnants turn to ash in seconds. So why can I still see? This is Callie's first time seeing the stars by herself. I pray she can't find me up here. A cool breeze on the back of what I suppose is my neck is the last thing I expect to feel. I don't so much move as shift my awareness, inspecting the ceiling that's inches away. I see a crack, jagged like a lightning bolt, running across the smooth, polished surface. It's a deep wound. I look up through it, expecting to see stars, real ones. Instead, I see rocks, dirt, layers of sediment. I look up through the crack in the ceiling, past grass, past asphalt and cement. I see people walking, running, smiling, fighting and killing, learning and loving. Those people up there still look at the stars. And down here? Down here we're left to burn. And that's the end of that. And... I think if I was going to pair a song with that story, uh, it would probably be uh, Whippoorwill by Magnolia Electric Company, uh, which is one of the uh, musical projects uh, headed up by Jason Molina, who's also uh, Song So Haya, uh, who passed away uh, tragically in, in 2013. Uh, Whippoorwill is a song that is um, a, a very melancholy sort of, there's a longing there, uh, that I think is also captured uh, in in the crack in the ceiling. Uh, you have uh, the singer, the, the the narrator, as it were, in the song, who is describing this sort of rundown motel that is almost this kind of um, 
purgatory or even like a hellish uh, type existence. And these people who are trying to uh, make do while um, sending sort of these pleas up to uh, people who are in a more uh, paradise-like state or sort of a heavenly uh, state, uh, which is something that is sort of mirrored, I think, in the events of uh, my story, The Crack in the Ceiling, um, kind of gets to that sort of mix of sadness and sort of um, almost like hard living uh, that I think is present as well uh, in in both the song uh, and the story. So uh, that would be what I would would pair um, song and story. Uh, Thanks for listening. (laughs) 